You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Oh, amen. You guys can take a break. Go, go and take a break. Come with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Mark chapter 7. Can we welcome one more time all the people watching online? It is an absolute honour to have you tuning in from all over the world. I heard uh, we got some Kiwis online. Kiora, Tenakoto, Tenakoto, Tenakwe, Haremai, Haremai, which is a Maori greeting. <laughs> means hello and you're welcome. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 7. I need you to strap on your seatbelts, fasten your hats. Uh, Mark chapter 7, let's read from verse 24. It says, From there he arose, Jesus, speaking about Jesus, from there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and he wanted no one to know it. And he entered a house and he wanted no one to know it. Gosh darn it. What will millennial preachers do? He wanted no one to know it. No social media campaign. No posting on Twitter or Instagram, just he wanted no one to know it, but he couldn't be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. Now, I've got to move quick because I have, unfortunately, more uh, information, revelation than I have time. So I just want, I'm going to underscore some things. So underscore it, it'll all make sense. You might want to underscore the word heard. When... This woman has a young daughter with an unclean spirit. When she heard about him, Jesus, she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. She kept asking him to cast the demon out of the daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, children of Israel. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs, dogs under the table eat, the, eat from the children's crumbs. Watch this, verse 29. Then he said to her, for this saying, for this saying, underline the word saying, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. When she'd come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Completely delivered. Verse 31. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of the Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him and he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, that is, be open." Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Then he, Jesus, commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. Verse, 20, uh, verse 37, last verse we're going to look at. And they were astonished beyond measure. They were astonished beyond measure saying, he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. He makes, makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Let's pray and we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word tonight. And Lord, I know that th this word that you've given me is going to unlock these magnificent sons and daughters of yours. Father, that tonight people are going to enter into a realm they've never entered into before. Everything is about to shift. Everything is about to change. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. 
Amen. The title of my message tonight is Hearsay. Hearsay. I, I, never, I never saw a correlation in these stories before. I've often preached it uh, on the previous story of the Syrophoenician woman with the demonized daughter. I never saw the connection till in our uh, kind of our Bible study was a couple of, couple of weeks ago, maybe last week. I, I don't know. Sometime I'm just reading. It's like, whoa. And then the Holy Spirit's like taking me down a little journey. I love doing the, 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 the daily Bible. I just love the one-year Bible. I've been doing it now for five years. Before that, I did the version one, which is terrible. Uh, it's brilliant, but it has ads. And so I go, shoes, I need a pair of shoes. And then I'm gone. I'm gone. My little ADD brain, gone. And so, so I like... My Bible doesn't pop up ads. It's just, it's just awesome. My Bible doesn't go zzz, zzz, and there's a text message on my Bible. It's just awesome. And, and I, like, I like reading the Bible daily because one of the great traps that, that's very easy to fall into when you're a pastor is that, that you, you only read when you're going fishing looking for another sermon. And I, I, like reading, I like reading the Bible, going to coffee, sitting at a table, opening the Bible and allowing Him, because the Bible is a lamp and it's a word unto your feet, but it is a lamp. And so as you're reading, you're, oh, shoot. And it just, and you're like, oh, gosh, does everyone else see that? Oh, thank God, it's only you, God. And, uh, and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful because he'll just take time and to do a little bit of heart surgery. Sometimes you need it. it. It might not be comfortable. Reading the Bible every day is good because there are some ouch moments. There are some ouch moments, but it's important. It's, it's, it, you know, it's more important than going to the dentist. But let me just say it's important to go to the dentist. I don't know what it is about dentists, and if you're a dentist, please forgive me. Please forgive me, but I don't like dentists. <laughs> Honestly, I believe that when you arrive in hell, <laughs> I believe that when you arrive in hell, the chairs in hell are all dentist chairs. <laughs> I don't know what it is about, I don't know what it is about the dentist, but I, I always feel like a naughty little schoolboy whenever I'm at the dentist. Because, you know, he's so condescending, you know, he's got your mouth, you know, you can't communicate properly anyway. It's part of the humiliation process. And how, how's, your, uh, how's, your, how's your life going? Oh, is that right? That's so we can understand. And then, then he, asks, he asks you condescending questions. He knows the answer, but he's going to ask. He knows the answer. Uh, have you been flossing? It's been years since I've flossed. I know that. He knows that. He asks anyway. Have you been flossing? Because he's testing to see whether the pastor's going to lie. Oh, sure, yeah. Regularly. Five times a day. In fact, I... I had a loose strand and I used it to floss. <laughs> he knows. Well, you, you need to start flossing. You're a naughty little child, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know what happens if you don't floss? My teeth will fall out, sir. My teeth will fall When are you going to start? Today. I'm starting today. How often are you going to do it? Every day, every day, sir. It's like, I'm, I never feel like such a naughty little kid. It's like, I'm 52. 52 and he makes you feel like you're seven. Now go and pay an exorbitant amount on your way out. 
Anyway, so I, I digress, but the Bible is better than going to the dentist. We go to the, it will not humiliate you even when it's pointing stuff out that you need to do. I never feel humiliated. The Holy Spirit is awesome. He's gonna help you. So, so one of the great traps is that, you know, we can read the Bible, but I was reading this in my Bible and the Holy Spirit says to me that the, the two stories are connected. Two stories are connected. And both of them, both of them have a demon. Both of, them, both of them reveal the nature of the devil. Both of them reveal that, 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 that Satan doesn't, doesn't kind of live in his own space. That, that he constantly is constantly breaking and entering. Sometimes you don't have to do nothing wrong and all of a sudden the de- this little girl did nothing wrong. This little girl, she's demonized, she did nothing wrong. And yet here is a, th- a devil, here is a thief trying to rob and steal from her. The mama comes. The Bible says when she heard about Jesus, she begged him. Jesus said, listen, sweetie, I I haven't been sent to the Gentiles. I've been sent to the Jewish nation. I've been sent to Israel. It's not right for me to take what is apportioned to them and just throw it to the the other nations around about. And he's quite insulting, throw it to little dogs. And yet she's brilliant because she says, yes, Lord, yet even little dogs get to eat the children's crumbs when they fall from the table. And Jesus says, my God, he says, for this saying, she heard and she spoke. Hear, say. The next story, the next story, there's a man who is deaf and mute. Jesus puts his fingers in his ears, says, be open. And immediately his ears are open and the impediment in his tongue is loosed and he spoke plainly. The devil, the devil, the devil doesn't want you to hear say. The devil wants a generation that is deaf to the things of God, deaf to the things of the spirit, deaf to because the devil knows that if you hear from heaven, you will speak heaven into the world. He doesn't want heaven into the world. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. One of the evidences of the kingdom being present is the displacement of demonic opposition, is the displacement of demonic forces. And so Jesus here, there's a, there's a correlation here, and the correlation is in hearsay. See, the devil knows that that the, the level to your hear is the level to your say. That's why we say that every pastor needs a pastor. Every leader needs a leader. Every teacher needs a teacher because your say is only as good as your hear. Your say is only as good as your hear. Not only is your say only as good as your hear, but the, the, if you ever meet somebody who is deaf, you'll find that they, they, they learn how to lip read, but you find they have great trouble with enunciation. They, they have great trouble with enunciation. You've got to listen very intently. You've got to listen very closely to, to catch what they're saying. 
because they struggle to enunciate. It's not, they don't have a problem with speech. They have a problem with hearing. But because they have a problem with hearing, it affects the speech. The devil wants to raise a generation in deafness. The devil wants a generation to be both deaf and mute because he doesn't want you to hear from heaven. Let me give you three quick thoughts. The first one is there is power in the word. There is power in, in the word. There is power in words. Your words have power. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. And the Bible says uh, in verse 2, it says that he was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 says, then all things. I want you to notice it says all things. It doesn't say most things. It doesn't say spiritual things. It doesn't say kingdom things. It says all things. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. All things were made through him. And without him, the word, nothing was made that was made. Rabbis, rabbis who don't even believe in Jesus, all unanimously agree. They all, they all teach this, that they say Hashem, the Lord, God. Hashem means the name in Hebrew. They, they believe that the Lord first, his first act was he created the Aleph Beit. He created the alphabet. He created the Hebrew letters. And then he used the letters to create the universe. They said the entire universe is evidence of being held together, being formed and fashioned by the energy and the power that is in each of the 22 Hebrew letters. They, they don't know if we could just bring them to John 1, 1 and say, man, you're almost there because you're right that the word created everything. It was God that said, and it was so. Ten times in Genesis, God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. Words have power. Words have so much power that Jesus is in, in a boat with his disciples and he's crossing the, 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 the Sea of Galilee to get to the other side. A giant windstorm arises and waves spilling into the boat. So the boat is taking on more water than it's able to get out. And the disciples are bailing like crazy, but they're not able to displace enough water to, to, to keep the boat buoyant and afloat. And they look, and there is a 13th person on the boat who has got a pair of hands, but he's fast asleep. And so they wake him saying, dude, we're taking more water in than out. Unless you want to be in the bottom of this lake, I suggest... You pick up a bucket or a bat and help us bail the water. And Jesus says, i got a better idea. And he stands up. <clears throat> Peace, be still. <laughs> My work here is done. The Bible says the disciples were terrified. And they said, who is this that he commands even the wind and the waves and they obey him? Who is he? He is the word of God. He is the Word of God. Why did the wind and the waves obey Him? Because the wind and the waves recognize the voice of their author. They recognize, they recognize their master. They recognize their architect. They recognize their designer. They recognize the voice of their creator. So when He says, peace be still, immediately everything goes to a calm. One thing the devil does not want you to understand is that the Word of God in your mouth is as powerful as when it is in God's mouth, because the Word has power. The Word of God has power. You were created to be His amen in the earth. 
The reason the devil has taken Bible reading out of schools, scripture teaching out of schools, out of our universities, is because he does not want to contend with a people that have heard the word, that have heard what God has said. Because when they hear what God has said, the first thing the devil said is, has God really said? Because for me to rob you, I got to know, did you hear what he said? Interesting, he doesn't ask Adam. He asks Eve. Because she didn't hear. Mark 7, 37, Jesus makes the deaf. He makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak is what it says. But the Bible says, you know, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But let's, let's, let's watch this. So, so, so he says to Eve, has God really said she didn't hear it from God? She was told by her husband, but she didn't hear it from God. So she had no comeback. Jesus defeats the devil three times. And we all know the story, you know, as the devil comes to tempt him, the Bible says, and Jesus reached for the wand that Harry Potter now uses. No, sorry, it doesn't say that. It says that Jesus just said three times, it is written. And the first one was such a, such a brilliant whooping. Jesus said, devil, let me, let me just tell you where I can. Let me tell you where I live. He says, devil, I want you to know it is written. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So let me tell you where I live. I live, I build my life on what God has said, Logos, but I move and I advance on what God is saying, Rhema. That's where I live. I live in the Word of God. I live with what God has said, what God has said, the Logos, the written Word of God. That's how I build my life. And then from that, from that, that is a great springboard because I hear what God is saying. You find that the Word of God is alive and living. It is not a history textbook only. It is brilliant history, but it's not history only. You'll find that what God has said, God is still saying. And you'll find that God will quicken a word to your spirit and you move in that and you move in the power of the word. The Bible says that God's word never returns to him void. It always accomplishes. The word of God has its own power source within it. Every word of God is a seed of the kingdom of God. Every word is a seed of the kingdom of God. When the reason in San Diego, we are called to preach the Word in San Diego is because when, when we preach the Word, it is a seed going into the soil in this city that'll produce the kingdom. Because every seed has the DNA of its end in mind. God doesn't speak one thing and create something else. He creates everything with His Word. The devil doesn't want us preaching the Word. So he puts all kinds of pressure on us. He wants us. He says, listen, listen, listen. I'll give you all the kings of the world and their glory and their splendor. Facebook followers, Instagram followers, popularity on social media. You want a TV show? TV show. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Just, 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 just don't, don't. Just go deaf to heaven. Just go and instead be an echo chamber be an echo chamber of the spirit of this world. Just amen the world. Amen humanism, love is love. Just amen what the world is saying. People are victims, hashtag me too. Just, just, you just keep people there. Just, you just become an echo chamber. Do not, do not, if you do, I'll, I'll, I'll bully you, I'll attack you. I'll, but I gotta tell you, I love people too much to not tell you what the word says. Jesus says, you shall know the truth 
and the truth shall make you free. Now let me say this, let me say this. The word creates an atmosphere. The Bible says, God said, let there be light. <sighs> light was. It's brilliant because it's Genesis 1 verse 3. God gets, it looks like God gets ahead of himself. Because he says, and let there be light. <sighs> light is. But then it's like a bunch of verses later and then God goes, oh, I better, I better create a sun. The sun is created on the fourth day, but light is created on the first day. He doesn't create the, the sun on the second day saying, whoops, forgive me, God. Silly me, I forgot to. He doesn't wait the next day. He creates it three days later. He puts a sun in there. He puts a sun three days later to show that Jesus, you can die on a cross, but you'll resurrect. You don't need nothing. Because remember I said light. I said light before I needed a sun to operate light, I already said light and light came. You can just know that in three days, son, you're gonna get up out of that grave. You don't need to worry about it. I've already spoken it. It is a done deal, it is a done deal. So God says, let there be light and light comes into the cosmos. Light comes into the universe. Your words create an atmosphere. Jesus is seated at a table and a woman comes in, a very troubled woman, a very broken woman comes in but she's been ministered to, already experienced deliverance from Jesus. And the Bible says she brings in a very costly jar of perfume, spikenard, about a year's wages, a $50,000 jar of perfume. She breaks it, she pours it on Jesus' feet. The Bible says in the whole house, was filled with the fragrance. It was a beautiful moment, this broken girl who's had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus who just comes, she doesn't know what else to do. She was so broken, used and abused by men. But here, the first man that was kind and gentle, that brought healing and didn't take something from her at her expense, but put into her love and drove out all that was tormenting and vexing her. So she comes and she brings the perfume, she anoints. Women in those days had this given to them when they were little babies and it ferments over time and it's meant to be used on their wedding day, they break it and they pour it over them. So the first night with their husband is, 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 is ingrained in the mind. Whenever they smell that perfume, it's meant to remind them of their first night together. She's like, even if I never get married, you to me are greater than any other man. It, no, nobody has touched my heart like you've touched my heart. Nobody has loved me like you. And she pours it out on, but the Bible says there was one sitting there. There was one sitting there whose commentary was, why this waste? This could have been sold for a year's wages and given to the poor. Can I just say, be careful. Be careful of the ones who have grand schemes of giving to the poor. Be careful of the people that know what to do with other people's wealth. Be careful of the people that give less than 1% of their own money away, but want 45 to 70% of your money. It's a Judas spirit. I can't believe he's getting political. I'm not. If a political figure pops up, that's called a revelation. I'm just telling you the spirit behind something so that you can have discernment so you don't make a mistake when you go to vote at the polls. Just saying, just saying. Words create an atmosphere. Yesterday we were doing a marriage conference up in Los Angeles. 
And the homeless situation, which I don't want to go down onto, but anyway, we gave them 350 million last year and they couldn't fix it. So this year we upped it to 700 million. My Bible tells me that if you were unfaithful with a little, don't give them much. They couldn't fix it at that and it gets worse anyway. So, so we're up there yesterday and we're crossing the street and as we're at the street corner, there was a, a, a gentleman, obviously homeless. He wasn't just home, it wasn't just that he was homeless, that he didn't have anywhere to live. What was very, very troubling was there was an atmosphere around him. There was an atmosphere around him because he had words. He was angry with somebody. He was speaking to people that weren't there. He was arguing with people that weren't there. He was cussing and carrying on with people that weren't there. Maybe he was seeing people. Maybe he was seeing somebody that maybe once violated or abused him or let him down. But he was very, very troubled. The Holy Spirit said, do you see that? That the words create an atmosphere. Because what he has heard has created an atmosphere around about his life. God said to me, that's why Jesus restored the sight of the blind, restored hearing to the deaf, cleansed the leper, gave life to the dead, made the maim whole, the lame walk, and preached the gospel to the poor. To the blind he gave sight, to the deaf he gave hearing, to the lame he gave mobility, to the maimed he gave restoration, to the leper he gave cleansing, to the dead he gave life, and to the poor, he gave the gospel. Because poverty is here before it is here. Do you know why the devil hates the gospel? Because the greatest antidote to, to poverty for 2,000 years, the greatest antidote to people becoming enslaved and dependent for 2,000 years is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel says you don't need to go to a man. You don't need to put your hand out to a man. The gospel says that if you honor God, if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things that the Gentiles seek after will be added unto you. The Bible says that he opens his right hand and, and satisfies every living thing. The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills as well as a thousand hills. The, the Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh. Do you know what that means? It means that he is the Lord who sees and in seeing provides. When you make the Lord your God, you can say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's why the devil hates the gospel. That's why the devil hates the gospel. I've got to move. Number two. Oh shoot. Number two. Number two is to hear. Ears to hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Mark 4, 23, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, said Jesus. In Revelation 2, verse 7, Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, it says this, it says, in fact, all seven letters to all seven churches in the book of Revelation say to him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You have ears to hear, but are they, are, are they in tune to the frequency of heaven? Matthew 10, 27, throw that one up. Matthew 10, 27, have a look at this. Jesus is with the disciples. He says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, when you face troubles, when you face trials, when you face challenges, when you face demonic opposition, when, when, when your daughter is demonized, 
When, 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 when your friend has been a diagnosis of breast cancer and what she has heard from the doctor is it's a mutating gene. And even if we get rid of it, it's only come, gonna come back. You are cursed with cancer. In a moment like that, Jesus come to withdraw from everything. When the devil goes after your family, when the devil goes after your kids, there's a time where you, you withdraw and you get with God. Your, your deadly weapon is your closet. Your deadly weapon is your, your encounter with God. Your deadly weapon is your, your reclusing into the presence of God because just one whisper, Jesus says, I'll speak to you in the dark. What I tell you in the dark, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you may be in a dark time. It may be a dark and difficult time financially. Man, it's a dark time emotionally. It's a dark time relationally. I'm walking through a divorce, Pastor. It's a dark time physically. I got diagnosed. What I tell you, we have a God who speaks in the dark. He will speak to you in the dark. And he says, go and tell it in the light. What I whisper to you in the inner ear. He whispers into your inner ear. And then he says this, because when he whispers, it's gonna be okay. When he whispered to me, the firstborn is mine. Devil told me, oh no, 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 I own your firstborn. It's the price, price you gotta pay to win, win San Diego. And then God says to me in his word, he says, no, no, no. The firstborn that opens the womb is mine. Contend, contend. What he whispered in my ear, what he whispered in my ear brought comfort. But, he's, but Jesus gave us instruction. The Word of God, 100%, listen to me. It is beautiful. It will comfort you. We are not here to raise comfort, Christians. We are here to empower instructed Christians. Jesus says what you hear whispered in the inner room. Preach, shout, proclaim from the housetops. Why? Because when that word goes out of your mouth, it will change the atmosphere. It will change. Do you know what it says in the Psalms? It says this in the Psalms. It says that His angels are set to obey the word of God. The angels are set to obey the Word of God. They are set. They, 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 they operate in a frequency. They have like antenna-like in the spirit realm and they wait set to obey the Word of God. What they don't know is whether the Word came from Abba, whether the Word came from Son, whether the Word came from the Holy Ghost, whether the word came from Pastor Ron, whether the word came from Mr. and Mrs. Jones, they don't know whether the word came from the Robins, they don't know whether the word came, all they know is they heard the words and they are set to, and they go after that word. The devil wants to raise a generation that is spiritually deaf so they can be spiritually moved. The devil wants to raise a generation deaf to the things of God so they don't speak the things of God out of their mouth. So instead they speak the echo chamber of the world of hopelessness, helplessness, famine. Everything is hopeless. Everything is futile. My life is never gonna be, I'm a victim. Life is never, He wants you to speak that out of your mouth because your words create an atmosphere. But you are the smartest people in San Diego because at 5 p.m. on a Sunday night, you came back. Some of you, you were here this morning. You say, man, I'm coming back tonight because I need a, a dose 
of the Holy Ghost, the second dose. So you came back tonight and you drove through traffic and then you had to circle around to try. I'm sorry about that. We're gonna start other services. I promise you in other locations to try and help you. There's a lot more parking spaces. We're gonna do that, I promise. And then you lined up and there was like a big line. So I'm sorry, we're gonna get another, we're gonna get another coffee thing. We're gonna get more coffee. I'm sorry, but you made it. And then you're here and you're here and you're inclining your ear and you're gonna hear a word from heaven. And when that Word from heaven comes, when you hear from God, it's gonna change what comes out of your mouth. And as you speak what you hear, it changes the atmosphere. When you speak the Word of God, the angels, they're sent to obey the Word of God. The Word never returns to God empty. It always accomplishes that for which it's sent forth. Send the Word of God forth from your mouth. Incline your ear, send it forth. Incline your ear, send it forth. The last point, last point. Oh man, I'd missed out so many good stuff. Anyway, number three, kingdom come, kingdom come. Genesis 1, six to seven says this. says that God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters, verse seven. And God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. You're thinking, what a pointless piece of Scripture. Well done, God. Well done. You're obviously discriminating. There's water below and water above. You have got to be discriminating. It's all H2O. Why, why you got to be separating the waters? Why you got to make one, you're the water above, you're better than everybody. And why you got to have one down? Come on, but how many people know that God is, come on, how many people know that He does nothing without intention? There must be a reason why He separated the waters above from the waters below, the waters above and the waters beneath. Both of them are H2O. Both of them have two hydrogen, one oxygen molecule. But why would, why would God do that? He was doing that to teach us that if you drink the waters below, they'll only make you thirsty. The seas, you can drink the water, but it'll actually accelerate thirst. And if you keep drinking it, it'll actually kill you because your kidneys can't get rid of the salt. The entire world is dependent, even though we're covered by seas. Only 1% of the the water on our planet is drinkable. We are dependent upon the waters above. This is stamped in the opening stanza of Genesis to say, to show you that if you're drinking from the waters of college and the waters of university and the waters of humanism and the waters of of evolutionary biology, if if you're drinking from the waters of human philosophy, if you're drinking from the waters of what people say, if you're drinking to the waters of what everyone else says, if you're drinking from the waters of earth, you'll only be thirsty again. But if you drink from the waters of heaven, if you'll allow heaven's waters to come, they will refresh your soul, they will quench your thirst. That's why every week I'm unafraid 
and unashamed to bring you water from heaven. Now listen, it is much more popular for me. I wouldn't have people walking out if I preached to you, you know, the waters of the earth, but I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to bring freedom. I'm here to awaken you into a reality and a dimension so that you can win in life, so you can cast out demonic oppositions. You can have breakthrough. All right, all right, come on. I gotta finish, I gotta finish, I gotta finish. I gotta finish. So, 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 so the Bible says, the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 7, 2 Kings chapter 7, there's a magnificent story. The story goes like this, that, that there are four lepers and they are, they are seated at the gate of the city. While they are seated at the gate of the city, the man of God, Elisha, is in the king's palace. The king is vexed, he's torn his clothes because the famine in Samaria, the famine in Israel is so bad that there's no food left and people are spending a fortune on two things. They're buying a cab of dove's dung and donkey's heads. Nothing in the Bible is coincidence. Dove, Holy Spirit, dove's dung, people in a famine, in a spiritual famine, will feed on things the Holy Spirit rejects. When a soul is hungry, the Bible says, it'll feed on stuff that is bitter and it'll be sweet because everything is sweet to a hungry soul. The devil wants to create a famine of the Word of God in the land. He wants to create a famine in the land so that people feed on the things the Holy Spirit said, that's not gonna be good for you. That's not my best plan for your life. And they pay a price for it. And a donkey's head, donkey's stubborn head, cantankerous, arrogant, argumentative. But Elisha is in the throne room. And he says to the king, do not be afraid. By this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, a seer of wheat will be sold for two shekels and a seer of fine flour will be sold for two shekels at the gate of Samaria. The Bible says the man on whose arm the king leaned. Proverbs 3, 5, lean not on your own understanding. The man on whose arm the king leaned for counsel. The man on whose arm the king leaned for instruction. The man on whose arm the king leaned for decision making. Lean not on your own. The Bible says this man on whom um, the king leaned said, how can this be? Even if God was to make windows in heaven, how could such a thing be? And Elisha says, you will see it, but your unbelief negates you from experiencing it. Now watch this. There are four lepers who were not in the palace because they had leprosy. They did not hear the word, but hearsay. The Word was released from heaven. The Word was released from heaven. When the Word is released, it shifts things. It shifts things. Things get tilted when the Word is released. It upsets the devil's famine. It upsets the devil's plans. The Word was released. By this time tomorrow, these four lepers now change their question. They say, there's death in the city. There's death outside the city. If we go down to the enemy's camp and take them on, what's the worst thing that can happen? They kill us. 
either way we die. But why, why do we sit here until we die? If we're gonna go out, let's go out in a blaze of glory. And then all of a sudden Bon Jovi starts playing in the back sound. In a blaze of glory. And then. So these four guys, Bob, Bill, Ted, could have been the same Bill and Ted from the bogus journey or whatever it's called. Dude, dude, is that your, I think that's your ear, dude. Oh, thanks, bro. And you know, I put it in my pocket, it's not, maybe not, that's a terrible picture. I don't know, Ashley, I'm blaming that on you. Anyway, and so Bill, Ted, and Bob, and Joe, thank you. I forgot their names, thank you. The Bible says they start walking, they start walking in a word. They start walking in a question. When we came to San Diego, they said you couldn't build a Spirit-filled church about 500 members. They, 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 they said there's no zoning in San Diego for buildings. Most pastors will go their whole life looking for one building. And we have several buildings and we're not finished yet. They, 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 said, they said, if you wanna build a big church, don't, don't, don't have women get up and preach. This is, a, this is a San Diego Calvary Chapel stronghold and we would miss out on a Dana. We would miss out on a Victoria. I mean, we'd miss out on a front row, second row of awesomeness. They said, whatever you do, don't speak of it. They, 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 but it wasn't here to be an echo chamber of the world. I wasn't here to be an echo chamber of what was already there. So I began to ask the question, well, well, why sit here till we die? Why not go after buildings? Why not be spirit? Can we be the first church to break 500 and praying in the Holy Ghost, seeing miracles, signs and wonders? Can we? Can we raise up women? Do you know some of God's greatest men are women? Can, so they march down to the enemy camp. They get down to the enemy camp and the Bible says the Lord had caused the entire Syrian commanders in their army to hear the sound of marching. And they said, oh my God, there is a massive army coming this way. Rah! And they all began to flee. And when the Syrians got down there with their little da daggers and can I borrow your sword? No, no, you got your own, but it's tiny. It's, you know, it's maybe good for two or three and then I'm done for. Well, I'm, you know, I need this one, you know. Get, and so, you know, they're, they're walking down and they get there and there's no one there. There's no one there to fight. And they're like, yoo-hoo. There's no one in it. Jeez. There's a whole wheel of cheese. Next minute they're all in the tents and they're feeding their little faces. And then they, they, they kind of come out just in case someone's looking around then. And they go back in and there's no, there's no one around. All the tents are abandoned with all the stuff in there. And there's gold and silver chalices and jewels and, and, and macadamia nuts. How good is mac Pineapples, possibly, possibly. Coconuts. It's getting close to lunchtime. T-bone steaks, dinner. They said, man, this is, a, this, is a, this is a good day. We need to go. They go back and they tell, and Israel comes down. 
watch this, and the entire economy changes. The entire economy changes over the land so that the Word of God that was spoken by Elisha into a famine, into barren, into depleted, into drought, into hopeless, into negative circumstances, the Word that was spoken was heard. He heard from heaven. Everyone else was saying how bad the famine was, but he heard a word from heaven. Hear, say, and it changed everything. You may be walking through a famine. You may be in a crisis. It may look over. It may look hopeless. Can I just encourage you? Oh, there is nothing like this. There is nothing like this book. There is nothing like this book. There is nothing like this book. There is nothing like your friend, the helper, the Holy Ghost. You know what the Holy Spirit does? He's your helper. He's your standby. He's your counselor. You know what He does? He takes this Word and He'll whisper into your ear so you can shoot it out of your mouth. What you hear in the ear, proclaim, proclaim, preach from the rooftop. Speak it out of your mouth. If you will hear, say, if you will hear, say, you can change the drought. You can end the famine. You can overturn the economy. You can shift things in your life. I'm not sure what you're waiting on. I'm not sure what you're believing for. But can I just tell you, when the Word of God is in play, when the Word of God is in play, everything will change. Come on, if you receive that today, give God a praise. Come on, if you receive that today, give Him a praise. Give Him a great praise. Come on, let Him know. Let Him know I receive your Word. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Hallelujah, come on, stand to your feet. I'm out of time. Stand to your feet, lift your hands high to heaven. Listen, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, at the end of this service, there's gonna be people down here, they're gonna have two gifts for you. In fact, they're gonna have three gifts. The first gift is they're gonna pray for you and you're gonna receive everlasting life. It's a free gift. The second thing is they're gonna give you a Bible, which is God's Word, free gift. Then we're gonna give you a little book called Following Jesus, because sometimes you're gonna look at that and say, man, where do I start? Glad you asked. Following Jesus will say, hey, start here. And I'll explain stuff along the way. But let me just say this, hearsay, 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 hearsay. What you hear from heaven, what you hear from Jesus in your inner ear, speak, shout from the rooftops. The devil is terrified. He does not want to contend with a church. He doesn't want to contend with a people. He doesn't want to contend with a man or woman that hears a word and speaks it out of their mouth. They were astonished and they said, he does everything well. The deaf hear and the mute speak. The devil wants a deaf and mute generation. But at Awaken Church, we're awakening your hearing and we're awakening your speaking. We're awakening your speaking because you're going to prophesy. You're going to prophesy. You're going to prophesy. You're going to prophesy and everything is about to shift. Come on, lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now. Power of God flows and falls in this place. I declare breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. I declare healing. I declare victory. I declare deliverance from a demonic oppression in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray for those right now whose hearts are broken. There's some people here heartbroken. I see the healing power of God flowing, healing your heart. I 
see somebody else. It's like the devil has, has, has found a cord and he's pulled and the whole fabric, the whole thing's fallen apart at the seams. But I see the Lord knitting and stitching it back together again. I see somebody here, you walked in tonight without hope. But just as I've been preaching, hope is knocking on your door. Can I encourage you? Open your heart to, to, to hope. The hope in God is an anchor. The hope because God backs up His hope. When God dispenses hope, you better believe He stands behind His product. 100% money back guarantee if it doesn't produce. The hope of God always produces. Open your heart. You say, well, I had hope before. Yeah, it was misplaced hope. It was worldly hope. Now go for godly hope. He's the God of hope. Open your heart. Open your heart again. Hope again. Believe again. Believe again. Father, I thank You right now. I thank You right now for the anointing. This is what I want You to do. With your hands lifted high, say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank You tonight that my ears are being loosed. I say to them, be open to the Spirit of God. I reject the counsel of this world, the spirit of this world. Devil, get out of my life. I declare tonight, the Word of God is my source, is my strength. I will hear and I will say, I will hear and I will say, I will hear and I will say. Come on, if you receive that, give God a praise. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.